The Guardian. Hello and welcome to The Guardian Film Show. Sam Brooks is away, but we're still full of beans. We'll be climbing to the clouds in pursuit of this week's new releases, dancing with a day-glow devil, stalking fame and courting controversy. And who knows, at the end of our adventures, we might all live happily ever after. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Once upon a time on this week's show, director Carlos Regadas beats a naughty dog senseless in the beautiful, confusing, post-tenebrous looks. The staff at the Chickwitch fast food joint leave morality off the menu in compliance. And guess what? Reality TV's not that great. So says the new satirical comedy from Matteo Gomorra Garone. First, let's tuck into some refried beans. Jack the Giant Slayer sees Brian Singer become the latest director to have a go at a fairy tale adaptation. Singer made his name with the usual suspects, gave the X-Men a shiny new set of spandex, and then flew the Superman franchise headlong into a vat of kryptonite. So will his version of Jack and the Beanstalk be the hen that lays the golden eggs, or will it fee, fi, fo, fumble? Take out the stories they put into are you running away from? Well, who says I'm running away from anything? Maybe I'm running towards something. The adventure's up in the air in this CGI-riddled retelling of the popular children's story. Nicholas Holt is our lad, out to save a princess without bumping back to Earth. Ewan McGregor, Stanley Tucci and Ian McShane sprout up in support. There might be giants. Vera Heights, they're falling. Well then don't fall! Joining me now is The Guardian film site editor Andrew Pulver and our film critic Peter Bradshaw. Peter, would you trade your cow for this? Well, uh, of course it's not a cow in this, it's a horse because it's all about upgrading to a kind of super cool sort of late teen young adult. The horse is a mod version yeah, of a mod. cow. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's not a little lad, it's a kind of young hottie and it's, not, it's not, nothing as absurd and undignified and pantoish as a cow. Um, I surprised myself. I rather enjoyed this. I usually hate fairy tale reboots because they're so humorless and they manage to miss out the charm and strip out quite a lot of the psychological insight. I mean, we've all been kind of educated to expect a kind of Bruno Bettelheim kind of meaning in fairy tales. And the reboot is entirely separate from that tradition. It basically kind of overcomplicates it and loses a lot of the mystery and romance mm. of fairy tale reboots, particularly the awful version of a Hansel and Gretel. But this, weirdly, was quite entertaining. Is it a family movie, then? We had yes. Oz is Great and the Powerful, which to me felt like it was stranded between two poles. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I think this one goes much more to the pole of family movie. Mm. Oz, in its way, I thought quite an interesting way, was trying to, trying to approximate some of the spirit of the original uh, 1939 movie and trying to be quite dark in its odd way. Uh, and trying to replicate the, the eccentricity of that movie. This is really straightforward, multiplex stuff. This is a Big Mac meal, and there's no worry about what you're going to get. It's all, it's all pre-packaged. Everything about it is, is straightforward, multiplex fare. Andrew, um, we've had a lot of these fairy tale adaptations recently. As Peter was mentioned, we had Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters a couple of weeks ago, and then we had Red Riding Hood, and then I think two versions of Snow White last year. Yes. What's the, what's the big deal? What's the appeal of these? I think 20 years ago, these things would have been cartoons, you know, like kids' cartoons, and then maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they'd have been art house uh, subversion type of films, you know, Company of Wolves, that, that kind of stuff. Um, for me, I suppose it's to do with the sort of all-conquering um, power 
of the superhero film, which these films sort of, you know, aesthetically resemble. Um, and since those films deal very much in sort of mythology and, uh, and, and, and sort of storytelling, the next, you know, the next step after you've run out of Batman, Superman, whatever, is 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 is, is to move on to fairy tales. I suppose the the the, the film that that sort of began all this is possibly the Brothers Grimm, you know, the, the Gilliam film yeah. where, where, where he, he, he sort of took those sort of um, stories and, 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 and sort of turned it into fancy action, which um, I suppose he's been doing, you know, he had been doing that for quite a while in, in different ways before, but that was, I think, the first time he really sort of lasered it on a sort of already established fairy tale cycle and, and gave, it, gave it the treatment, really. I would, I would, I certainly agree with that. But I would add the caveat that Gilliam's treatment is much more complex and difficult, and much more in this what I identified as the earlier Bettelheimian tradition of trying to find the psychological mystery in fairy tales. Because that in the Brothers Grimm, he, I thought Gilliam rather interestingly identified the identified the humiliation of the little boy selling the cow and reducing the, the family to penury and then the strange and ambiguous redemption of having been made to feel small suddenly taking on a giant. Mm. I thought that was where Gilliam tried to engage with the uh, dormant or potential complexity in the myth whereas these things they're as Andrew says they're pure superhero there's no complexity it's all obvious. What's he yelling? Jack the Giant Slayer there, and uh, spoiler warning, he slays the giant. Now, to the foothills of Mexico, where director Carlos Regalas is searching all over for answers without even really letting on what the questions might be. Let's wrestle with post-Tenebras looks. Otra vez, Neil Young. Okay. Is not well for Juan, who's moved with his wife and their two kids to the countryside. After that, what's going on in Carlos Regalas's fourth film is anyone's guess. There's a devil in the bedroom, a sex party in the sauna, and a bunch of boys scrumming for a win on an English rugby field. Make of all of that what you will. Andrew, you interviewed Carlos Regalas for the paper last week. Can you explain what's going on here exactly? That is a very good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, Regalas is, you know, without doubt, one of the extraordinary directors, uh, you know, working today. His hit rate is kind of interesting. That he, you know, in my view, he's made two absolute masterpieces, which is Japan's first film and his third film, which is Silent Light, which was a sort of study of. of uh, marital infidelity in, in of all things a Mennonite community in Mexico and a bizarre community in itself. This film um, is, is 
I have to say, when, when, when I think we all first watched it, we were utterly baffled by it. Having talked to him at some length about his film, I, I personally feel that I kind of, kind of got to grips a bit more with what he was trying to do, which is essentially to um, speak about what he considers to be the sort of emotional blockage of the developed world and, and people in the developed world. And so his, his, his lead character in this film is, 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 is a man who... Um, is basically not in touch with emotions, who is looking for sort of new sensations, hence the sort of this extended sex resort scene, hence his inability to do anything other than beat his dog to death when it's sort of barking in an annoying way. Um, and it explicitly contrasted with um, the sort of locals, um, the local peasants, if you like, from, from, from the sort of Mexican village down the road who, who seem to have a freer life and more connection with their emotions. Peter, when, when Zan saw this and reviewed it at Cannes, I think last year, he's kind of baffled into boredom by it. Did you go along with that or did I, you I sympathise with that, but I didn't go along with it. I, I think, it's, I think he's, he's very brilliant. He's, he has incredible technique. He's also very, sh I think, sh quite shallow, mm. to be honest with you. It's his sort of besetting sin. I've never watched a Regardas film, even the great ones. Uh, and I think Andrew is quite right in saying Japan and Silent Light are the, are the really good ones. Even them, even, even they have flashes of effrontery uh, and absurdity. And I think, are you having me on now? Uh, and I've never quite... Uh, uh, I've never quite lost that feeling. I've now watched this film twice. It's very interesting. The first time I, I watched it, I didn't write about it. I watched it in Cannes with lots of other very overtired people. We all watched it at the end of the day. And we all were sort of dozing off. And then we all woke up for the sex scene. We all thought, oh my God, there's a sex scene. And I wonder if Regardas perhaps a little bit cynically thinks, I've got to put some hardcore in it. Sex. It's time for a, yeah. we've got to freak these people out. You know, what am I doing? You know, well, I've got to keep it real here. And I, I suspect that there's something a little bit tricky about about regardless as a shock tactician having said that there's so much in it that is brilliant there's a lot to like about this film but a lot to be sort of annoyed about as well Carlos Regalis' bemusing, beguiling post-tenebras lux there, and it's probably not one for the Friday night date. Next, we're off to Ohio and to a fast food restaurant with some unorthodox management techniques. I was afraid that might happen. Okay, this is going to require more of your help then. I'm going to need you to keep her there. Me and my bark units are going to come in soon. Till then, can I count on you to assist the authorities? Um, yes, of course. Whatever you, whatever you need. She's been a good person here at the restaurant. I'm, you're sure about this? Fast food worker Becky has been accused of stealing money from a customer. She's to be strip searched by her manager, according to Officer Daniels, a voice on the phone who claims to be a policeman. Becky insists she's innocent, but the officer's demands are getting increasingly complex. Don't worry, keep watching. This is procedure. Look, Sandra, I'm the police officer. I'm the one who's got to take the hit. Yes. I want you to know that as an officer, the officer in this case, I have to take the full final responsibility for this. And I take right. that very seriously, okay? Right, yes. Peter, just when you think the horror movie might have exhausted itself as a genre, along comes this, it's fairly terrifying. I was, I was totally gripped by it and very scared. Yeah. Um, I found myself completely on edge. I found myself almost unwatchable, some of it. What looks like a kind of weird, downbeat, indie satire about how scuzzy and awful it is to work in a fast food joint. 
becomes a rather terrifying essay in the Stanford experiment in mm. submitting and how we all of us submit, and I, I'm as guilty as anybody else, we submit to people who sound as if they have authority over us. Uh, and what's extraordinary is the, the film begins with a, uh, with, a, with a statement to the fact that it's based on true events. Now, usually when you see that in a film, it usually means that the, the, the events have been pretty, pretty strongly twisted. Actually, it turns out that this movie sticks pretty closely to the events, that this guy was a, a sociopath weirdo prankster who spent years and years and years refining this prank, refining it and refining it until he got it exactly right on this horrifying day and got and, and hit the jackpot in the most horrifying way it's it's really gripping it's really gripping very unusual film and scary mm. Andrew some people have said that it's kind of exploitative or cheap in the way that it shows nudity in particular with with the main character D did you feel that when you were watching um, it well or? I have to say it's it's pretty scrupulous and I mean, specifically about nudity I mean there's very very little in it I mean it, there's a lot of implication and lots of sort of shots from sort of behind sort of cabinets and things, but I mean this this is not a film where you're where you're asked to sort of gloat on uh, on some sort of hapless young woman. I mean one big issue which we were talking about before is is does it respond well to to, to being dramatised like this or could it have been a documentary? Um, and you talked about that in your review as well. Mm -hmm. I mean I suppose we would feel that in some ways the reality of this is so is more horrible than any drama can convey but on the other hand the one thing this film does very well is, is is convey this very sort of slow accretion of of detail in terms of sort of raising the odds as as the minutes crawl by and some great um, shots of like the fat fries in the restaurant just yeah. to give you this idea yeah. that life is still rolling life on is in, right. in a way that's what's so fascinating about it is the, the sheer affectlessness and uncaringness of the fast food business kind of rolling on and nobody caring and then meanwhile back in the nasty back office it's it's brilliant because it couldn't have it couldn't have worked anywhere else you couldn't uh, that's what i found fascinating is that it's kind of a critique of fast food and alienation because they, he wouldn't have been able to get away with it. Any, uh, he couldn't have called an, an office or a corporation because you'd need that kind of back office away from the public, that scuzzy place of shame that you have to go to. And it wouldn't have worked anywhere else because you wouldn't have had that same sense of corporate fear that they are always afraid of the regional manager or somebody that they really don't know anything about except that it's a voice on the phone. Being cross, being angry with them, especially the unthinkable thing of hurting or injuring a customer who could sue. And, of course, suing is ironically something which is forms part of the narrative as it as it unfolds so i i really was kind of gripped by it is this okay to be doing oh yeah of course you're making a really difficult situation run very smoothly i'm just trying to do my job i didn't do anything i'm gonna need you to address me as sir understand yeah compliance is lemmings heading straight for the cliff there and now for our final film, which is a satirical comedy about an Italian fishmonger who's desperate to get on Big Brother. Hopes die, dreams crumble, and this is reality. Sì, sì, è una provina vera e propria. Sì, 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 la già schiattata proba, e che la già combinata, mamma mia. No, non mannita, ma per è fatta, è fatta, ma siamo passa mamma mamma, passa ma buona mamma. Luciano's a star. It's obvious to everyone, except the producers of Grande Fratello, who still haven't called to confirm his place on the next season of their reality TV show. Still, the neighbourhood's behind him, his family's in his corner. It's surely just a matter of time before Big Brother is watching. 
Andrew, anyone who's seen Mamora is going to find this quite a change of pace, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, I think, we, again, we would all say we've seen Gamora, you know, that was an unbelievably savage mob drama that completely changed the rules uh, for, for that kind of film. This, this is a much more um, approachable, sort of even fun film um, in, 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 in a tradition clearly inspired by Fellini, which is something that Peter sort of has, has written a lot about. Um, and it, it's sort of very big hearted in some ways. Um, and also it treads a fairly well worked theme. I mean, this whole sort of reality TV thing is, is something that f film has been sort of interested in for quite a while. I mean, I, I will say one thing about it is it's not really about the reality show. I mean, there's very little of that sort of uh, closed circuit TV type of stuff that you would associate with, you know, with horror films about, you know, set in the reality TV world, etc. It, it it, it's sort of more about the people living in, in its periphery and its shadow. It's quite ironic in a sense that he's actually got what looks like a relatively happy life in many ways. He has. And he's, but he's still not complete. He needs, yeah, or he I thinks mean, he needs celebrity to, to finish it. I thought the opening of the, this movie is kind of sensational. It was absolutely brilliant. This very kind of Fellini-esque kind of opening sort of overhead shot, swooping down to the wedding. Uh, and you see Luciano, he is this guy. He fancies himself as a real card. Everybody loves me, but except they don't. They think he's kind of unfunny and rubbish. And then this brilliant scene where he's just about to do, he does his sort of wacky drag act, apparently to uh, uh, amuse the other guests. When they bring in uh, an ex-Brig Brother star who's doing a PA, a personal appearance. Enzo. And, Enzo, who is, I mean, it's, it's brilliant because Luciano, played very well played by Agnello Arena, just is stunned by how, how the, the acclaim that this guy gets. He's just, uh, he's just floored by it. Uh, he's clearly, you know, he's been watching telly all his life, but to be up close and personal with a celebrity and see them utterly kind of killing, uh, it just does his head in, especially as he can see and we can see that they actually look a bit alike, they are a bit alike, and they think, well, why can't Luciano do it? This guy, Enzo, he's a complete idiot. He, you know, he just says the same thing over and over again, follow your dreams, never give up, and then goes. Uh, and you realise that, well, his, what's so kind of heartrending is that it isn't simply that his reality TV dreams are specious or self-destructive, but they are plausible. He could do it. Uh, he, there's no evidence there'd be any more or less rubbish than any of the, the rest of them. But then we're left with the old moral, guess what, reality TV is bad. Well, we kind of know that, don't we? I, I thought we did, but that's the, I think the problem with the movie is that as it works out, there's something a bit sentimental about it, despite some brilliant ideas. I mean, I love the idea that slightly Truman-esque surveillance that he thinks he's under. It's, in, it's an interesting idea. Perhaps I mean Orwellian surveillance. Um, I kind of thought, well, that's interesting, and, but where are we headed? Where are we headed with this? And we're headed to quite a sentimental Route 1 story. That's Is that my... necessarily such a bad thing? No, though? maybe not. Mm. Well, maybe not, but I wanted something unexpected because there are so many films that tell you what you know already. I kind of thought, and particularly films about celebrity, which in this traditional time on a way say, guess what, yearning after celebrity is bad. And yet you're watching a movie populated by actors who, of course, want more than anything to be famous. So I always have a slight trouble with this. And also it's in the other tradition, which is movies about television, ironic movies like Network about television. And guess what? Television is bad. Television is sort of evil, even. Whereas, you know, we in the movies are much higher than that. Oh, my God.
è tutta Napoli a festeggiare eh, scusate, sì, siamo a mano no, ma noi l'abbiamo preso proprio per questo perché si vede proprio dalla faccia che lei è una persona cioè, proprio, lei ha la faccia proprio e strunz <ride> se noi siamo di lei decenni che ha il fratello <ride> oh ma io ho detto di stare io sono veramente il grande fratello the harsh lessons of the real world from Matteo Garone there That's it from us. You can, as ever, post your comments on the show or any of the films we reviewed this week in the comments field below. We'll be back here same time next week. My thanks very much to Peter Bradshaw and Andrew Pulver for joining me. Thanks to you for watching, and we'll see you soon. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.